Gratitude with Attitude with Simon Gamewell brought to you by TAP, the social thanking platform. Hello and welcome. This is Gratitude with Attitude. Coming up on the show today, I'm going to be talking about how gratitude improves the mental health of entire schools. I'm going to be joined by Ollie Wellsby of the Brightcore Consultancy. We've got some more, we've got lovely dedications, and of course, we've got some great music. And remember, if you want to express gratitude and say thank you, visit thankandpraise.co.uk and download our app. Let's get started then. Here's Primal Scream, Higher Than The Sun.
in any educational setting, schools, colleges, and even universities. It's important to create an environment that promotes positive mental health. The school environment is filled with opportunities for practicing gratitude, which will improve the mental health of the whole school. There are social interactions, shared goals, and teamwork. All of these situations are enhanced through the power of gratitude. The power of gratitude helps to build a solid base, a positive platform of communication. When we practice gratitude, we can encourage our peers to express themselves freely. They will feel psychologically safe. In other words, everyone will feel able to express their opinions without fear of negative uh, reprisals. This starts with the teachers and other school staff. In every area of the school, gratitude will make the whole place a more positive one. It's more than just saying thank you. When we practice deep gratitude, we'll be looking for acts of kindness to be thankful for, and this in turn will make us kinder. It needs to start with the management, and by acknowledging the work of others with expressions of appreciation, it validates the actions of staff and drives them forward to be even more productive in the future. We can change the format and order of meetings by starting with what went well. Encouraging staff from the outset will help to soften the workload and encourage them to keep up the good work. This will help to increase job satisfaction. If we're part of a positive, encouraging team, we're strengthened by that support network. It will reduce staff burnout. It will also make the school more appealing to new recruits and aid staff retention. The school needs to be a welcoming, safe and secure place for the students where they spend their formative years, but also for the staff where it could be a major part of their lives for 10, 20 or even 50 years. People are generally grateful, but there isn't always an obvious pathway to express positive feedback. There's always a pathway to complain, but it's not always an easy pathway to give praise. If we create these positive pathways and normalize and formalize gratitude, if we make being grateful our default setting, we will strengthen the whole school system. When we are in this grateful mindset, it will make expressing gratitude second nature. It doesn't take long to express gratitude, just a few minutes out of our day. But the results will be long-lasting. In the school setting, we can implement practices of gratitude through gratitude walls, encouraging the whole school community to post messages to teachers, school staff, and even fellow students. Gratitude journals can really help us to improve our mental health. Taking time each day to focus on the positives and the kindness of others will make our whole life view more positive. We can install uh, gratitude in our schools even further by setting up gratitude and well-being focused workshops. Learning more about gratitude and how to implement it will benefit us 
by the development of new skills and it will help us to keep gratitude at the forefront of our minds and enable us to continue practicing deep gratitude. With the new and improved TAP app, it makes the path to appreciation even easier. We are carrying the pathway to gratitude in our pockets, on our phones. When we have a few minutes, maybe over a coffee, or when we sit down and reflect at the end of the day, instead of dwelling on all the things that are negative and bad about today, if we focus on the positives and think about how kind someone was to us, we can make their day by sending a message of thanks. Whether we are students, teachers, or anyone working in a school, we can use the power of gratitude to make the whole environment a more positive one. We all need to put gratitude at the base of everything we say and do to make the education sector a happy and mentally healthy place to be. Okay, music time again. Here's Fatboy Slim. Praise you.
like a Okay, let's hear some dedications from Taps uh, Thanking Walls. And remember, if you want to thank someone and express gratitude, visit uh, thankandpraise.co.uk and download our app. The first one we've got is to Miss Emma Ryan, admin and staff at AAESS. And uh, that's Al Ain English Speaking School in Abu Dhabi. Messi says, Thank you for making my daughter, Hannah's, transition into your school so easy. It's such a refreshing start to the academic year for both my child and us as parents. We thank you for your commitment, dedication and passion towards leading our children towards excellence, one step at a time. To Miss Emma, your patience, kindness and hard work is appreciated teachers who love teaching teach children to love learning you're doing just that and becca hart says to miss sandbags at south felswell primary school in manchester she says can i just say a big massive thank you to miss sandbags uh, miss sandbags has started at the school as a new teacher and has become the most supportive person to my son, Riley J. Miss Sambats has gone above and beyond to make sure that me and Riley J are okay, and she's currently doing everything she can to help and support Riley J through a hard patch at the minute with his stammer. I found a small note in his book today that made me so emotional. Such a positive vibe and such a great support for my Riley J. Miss Sambats is a credit to the school. A big thank you for taking the time and effort to support Riley J and to speak to me. Thanks again. Natasha Langley says, to all uh, stage two uh, teaching assistants at St. Peter's CV Primary School in Bolton. Uh, thanks for all your support in my art and DT lessons. Without you, things would not run so smoothly and the children would not achieve the things that they achieve. Plus, I could not miss out on my right-hand woman, Miss Jackson, as without her, nothing would be achieved. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Here's one from Kawa Hamadi. Uh, she says, To Miss Vicky Tarpey, FS2E at Al Ain English Speaking School in Abu Dhabi. Thank you, Miss, Mrs. Vicky, for your efforts as 
Rinad has learned a lot and she benefited from the support you provided to make sure she's safe and happy. All your care, time and effort are highly appreciated. Renard is lucky to have you as a teacher in FS2. Let's have another tune then, shall we? Here's Fluke, Groovy Feeling.
And joining me now is Ollie Wellsby from uh, Brightcore Consultancy. So, hello, Ollie. Hi, Simon. Nice to speak to you. Thanks for having me with you. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Uh, and we're going to get on to talking about uh, workforce well-being in the uh, education sector and gratitude in a moment. Let's start off by talking about you, though. So, what was it that attracted you to the education sector in the first place? Um, well, I was uh, I was a teacher and uh, a senior leader in schools for just about 20 years altogether before setting up Brightcore uh, Consultancy. Um, family are all, all teachers as well, so parents, sister as well, so it's a kind of a family profession. And I always swore growing up actually that I would, I'd never go into teaching. Uh, but, uh, and then actually got to be, I think it was 16, um, and went to work at a boating centre on the River Thames, uh, teaching and, and supporting around kayaking and, and sailing and rowing. And thought to myself, I really like this. And then, uh, yeah, d- did my degree. Um, and yeah, a couple of years later, decided actually, no, I really do want to be a teacher. So we went and did a teaching qualification. And um, and yeah, I was a teacher and, and, and senior leader for 20 years, as I said. So uh, education is an area that's very close to my heart. Right, good. Yeah, Mine too. I, I was also a teacher for about 20 years, uh, uh, teaching in uh, English in the Southeast Asia. So, so that's... Uh, that's <laughs> An education connection, anyway. Absolutely. Uh, okay, okay then. So, Brightcore Consultancy. Uh, what are you all about then? So we're um, we're a consultancy firm that that supports education settings across England um, with um, both safeguarding and mental health provision. So we are there are currently seven of us, um, and um, we are all. Um, closely connected to both of those fields, safeguarding education, teachers, senior leaders, and so on. Um, and um, we support schools and colleges and education settings and businesses that work with children to look at how to improve safeguarding um, and crucially how to improve mental health and wellbeing. It's an area in much demand at the moment. So we set it up, um, I set Brightcolor up, um, well, I'm trying to think what it'd be now, 2018 it would be, start of 2018. Um, and uh, at that point, I'd um, I'd been a, a designated safeguarding lead and senior mental health lead for many years. Um, kind of before this phrase "senior mental health lead" got coined, actually, and we, I had a very forward-thinking head teacher who I worked with, who was a really, uh, a really great guy, actually. And um, that was my path into all of this, really. So, uh, yeah, I can tell you a bit more about the background in, in that sense if you'd like as well. But um, ultimately, we. Um, looked at how to improve mental health and well-being in the school I was in. I was noticing a significant increase in mental health concerns as well as safeguarding issues. And so we started looking at strategies of how to improve things. I did a master's degree in in the the leadership of mental health strategies within schools and became fascinated by it. And uh, in part down down that road, ended up training as a a mindfulness teacher and and various other things to go with that as well. And and as a mental health first aid instructor and and eventually, I was so passionate about this area and I developed mental health programs in a couple of specific settings as a senior leader. Um, and then the government brought out the, the green paper on, on uh, improving mental health in education uh, and we're consulting on how to roll out training and what would be possible to train senior mental health leads in schools. And I'd written a course to support senior leads within schools and colleges 
And so I got involved in the consultation. And then at that point, I thought I, I should just be doing this full time because it wouldn't be fair on my team if I was out of school more and more. So, uh, yeah, it was a kind of an accidental career path to setting it up. And then since then, I, um, I volunteered. I was asked to, with one of the local authorities we work with to volunteer as a safeguarding uh, safeguarding lead champion to help them out. So I carried on doing that. Um, and then since then, it, it's kind of been a, a word of mouth sort of thing, really. So we, we now work with um, just over 800 schools and colleges across the country and various trusts and a few different local authorities have asked us to help to improve their safeguarding and mental health training as well. So, uh, yeah, what started off as an accidental career path has ended up being something that uh, there's now seven of us doing it. And uh, yeah, we all really enjoy what we're doing, although I do miss being in the classroom at times as well. I do miss teaching. Um it sounds like it's turned from just being a career path to, to an actual uh, calling. Uh, you, you've got a real passion for uh, m mental well-being in schools now, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah. It's a subject really dear to my heart. Um, we um, wrote the pilot version of, of, of the Senior Mental Health Lead Training course uh, right when the Green Paper came out. And, and it was something that we were already doing and I, I'd already written and, and thought, actually, this is something we needed before we then got the governmental Green Paper. And, and 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 so, yeah, it was an area that I've always been passionate about ever since um, having to respond to so many mental health concerns and um, and realizing that this was an area that we, we don't really educate very well around, to be honest. I mean, I think back to when I started teaching, when I did my teacher training, no one even mentioned the two words mental health to me at all, let alone uh, how do we look after our own? How do we educate children effectively to look after their own, not only whilst in school, but when they become independent adults as well. So, so yeah, it's an area that we kind of, and I've researched extensively. As I said, I went and did a master's degree in it as well. And um, absolutely, uh, we work now with, well, we've uh, trained hundreds of senior mental health leads across the country and it's really heartening to see the amazing work that they're putting in and the effect that it's having on young people and as as we know from looking at the the news coverage it's such an area of concern mental health concerns in children and young people like adults just seem to keep increasing year on year and so the need for effective whole school approaches and whole college approaches to make sure that we put this back at the kind of the core of what we're doing is is so so important and uh, something that we're privileged to be able to support schools and colleges in. And I do genuinely feel it's a privilege to be able to do that kind of thing. Good, good. And, and it's not just helping the uh, children either, is it? Uh, uh, workforce wellbeing is a buzzword that is thrown around a, a lot um, at the moment. And in the education setting, it's just as important, if not more important, because of stress levels and burnout and, and yeah. everything else that teachers need to put up with, really. Absolutely. And, and we always talk about this when doing the training with senior leads in, in schools and colleges that actually, yes, you know, schools and colleges have to have, um, we, we have to understand the, the, the current concerns in terms of the data and where what's going on nationally. We have to have you know, the kind of the policies and procedures in place. But actually, the most important part to get right after those initial steps is the staff well-being side of things, because if we don't get that right first, then the rest of this becomes a token gesture. As children's children are in schools and colleges for some anywhere between sort of two and seven years, depending on the setting. Some adults are in those schools and colleges for 40 to 50 years. One of my dear colleagues who I work with, uh, a couple of schools before I left, had actually celebrated his 50th year in the school uh, as well. And, and so, yeah, absolutely, we're seeing burnout and stress being a real issue 
in the recruitment and retention of teachers. And unless unless we address that and unless we look at how we can improve that, then this doesn't really go very far, does it, to uh, resolving the issues that we're facing as a society, to be honest. So, yeah, absolutely. Workforce well-being, when it's done well, is so integral into any any approach to mental health and well-being. And I suppose the question is, therefore, then, how can we actually do that well? <laughs> well, I think the first thing is to have uh, a committed governing board and committed senior leadership team at the top. It's really interesting. I work with schools and colleges where... Um, for example, the head teachers come on the courses and, and then we look at the staff wellbeing side of it and they think, yeah, absolutely, we need to do this. Let's go and do this now. And then I work with other colleagues who come on the course and, and they sort of say to me privately at the end, you know, how am I going to get this past the head? My head's not interested in this area. And actually, you know, it is it is something that's absolutely crucial for the, the leadership team and the governors to say, we are going to focus on this and and regularly demonstrating gratitude and and, and looking at genuine ways of, of improving well-being are so crucial to effective leadership um, that, that, as I said, it's integral to any whole school approach or whole college approach, really. So, yeah, it needs to come from the top down. It needs to be supported. It needs to have the voice of adults working in every school and college. They need an input. They need to be able to feel like they've got an opportunity to express their concerns safely and to feel like their perspectives are going to be valued and that things are not just kind of dictated to them. Um, and the, the inspectors will take that seriously as well. And I know I won't, I'll stay out of politics, I promise you, but uh, you know, when we see various news stories over the past few years around this, this pressure and this judgment that comes from an inspection system that gives a one-word judgment that doesn't really go anywhere near to recognising the effort and the commitment that teachers uh, and all members of staff who work with children put in day after day. Um, it seems a bit harsh to sum it up in that one word judgment here and there, doesn't it? But um, yeah, people, as I always say when we're doing training, people people don't go into teaching to be rich and powerful and rule the world, do they? People go into teaching and education because they want to help young people. And therefore, yeah. what, what, we need to keep those people in that profession because too many people are leaving this profession burnt out and stressed out. And that the ultimate losers there are the children as well as those individuals. So uh, yeah, how do we how do we harness and maintain and support that that real um, altruistic enterprise of of wanting to help children and educate? Um, so yeah, and gratitude is a key part of that. I think absolutely, uh, absolutely, which is exactly where TAP comes in because that that's. Yeah. Uh, Exactly, our main focus and objective is to spread gratitude. And as you were saying as well, uh, when people feel free to express their opinions, they feel psychologically safe, don't they? And when you're in that situation, that that eventually filters down to, to the feeling in the classroom and the feeling that the children get from that as well. Absolutely, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And uh, talking about uh, gratitude and staff well-being and how, how the two sort of work together, uh, we, we can talk about um, mental health of uh, teachers uh, and working uh, as a team and not just as individuals in a school, really. Mm. It, it's really interesting because actually, obviously with teaching you spending all, all day, every day with lots of other people, and yet at times it can be quite a lonely job. Um, because you are never quite able to be your entire self. Um, it's linked to Pierre Bourdieu's social theory, isn't it? We all change our behaviours 
depending on the, the, the social field we're in. And actually, sometimes, therefore, we do need to get that support from our colleagues um, and and feel that um, feel the gratitude and support from the senior team as well as uh, and it, it, I find it, it it's all too easy to point out flaws when it comes to things going wrong in society these days. You know, you think about it's so easy to send an email um, and therefore if historically, let's say a, a parent was annoyed at something that had happened at school or then you, know, you would have to find a piece of paper and you'd have to find a pen then you'd have to write that letter down and then you'd you'd have time to reflect as you were writing it and then you'd have to find an envelope and a stamp and then you'd have to make a journey to the letterbox and post it all of those give an opportunity to reflect and say oh actually I, I'm, I perhaps I don't feel quite that that way anymore whereas now with an email you can fire off the wine o'clock email we call it at nine o'clock at night uh, and you can pick my child tomorrow and and that has a huge impact on on the, the teachers and actually the parent might have reflected the next day oh, I didn't mean it quite like that but well I've said it now anyway and so it's all too easy to kind of point out issues and it's, it's the same as we talked about with the inspection side of things before it's all too easy to sort of say oh this isn't good enough where's the format and where's the forum to say do you know what thank you for the amazing job and the commitment that you've done to support my child or my family or myself and that's where TAP comes in and that's why we recommend TAP to to uh, anyone on the senior leadership course that we do for around men's health and well-being because it's an excellent opportunity to be able to say thank you and for that to be something that is as easy as sending in a, an angry email as well and i think we need more of that in the world that's right because um, exactly how uh, tap started was uh, um, sandy curtis and philip curtis uh, they're the some with very complex uh, learning needs and that they found it was so easy to complain. There all, there's always a, an avenue of complaint, but not always a, an avenue to express gratitude and thanks for the wonderful job that the uh, educationalists and, and the care, uh, social care and healthcare workers uh, uh, did for their son, son altogether. So, so yeah. that's where um, TAP came from. Uh, given us that positive, uh, positive outlook on life, really, because when we... Um, uh, live gratefully or practice deep gratitude we start every day thinking about things that, that we could be grateful for uh, mm. rather than thinking about things to complain about uh, yeah which is, has a positive effect on our own uh, mental health as well yeah absolutely and we work with lots of schools I, I know so many schools that um that um the t the teachers either finish the day or sometimes finish the lesson by saying to the children in the classes tell me three good things that have happened to you today and you know that kind of well-known adage of those, those those three positive things that link to uh martin seligman and others and the approaches for the positive psychology front but um and it, it has a real impact being actually able to say do you know what i am going to reflect on some positive things that have happened today and the more you do it just like riding a bike or learning to juggle or play an instrument the easier it is to do it the next time and and suddenly it becomes a, a mindset and that mindset has a positive benefit not only on the individual but also on those around them because it gets paid forward and uh yeah i think it, it's really heartening to see and it, it doesn't need to take masses of time it doesn't need to cost the earth i'll give you an example of one of the head teachers that i work with regularly and i go into that school um quite a lot in our various guises in the areas and roles that we work in so i know the school quite well and um, regularly I speak to members of staff uh, as part of the, you know, the safeguard reviews or mental health reviews or whatever it is that we're doing for those schools. And in that particular school, um, 
when I sort of say to the staff, let's talk from your perspective, what does the school do to promote your well-being? The first thing that members of staff say every single time I go into that school is they say, we get the letters. And I, it's really interesting because I speak to different members of staff each time and they all say it. And what they actually do get, the head teacher, uh, and I know a few head teachers who do the similar sort of thing actually, but that head teacher sends letters home, um, but they don't, she doesn't, and their letters of gratitude, but they, she doesn't send them to the teachers and the members of staff themselves. She sends the letter to the parents or the husband or wife or the children of that members of staff and just says, you know, your mum has been amazing this term. I just thought I'd let you know that because I appreciate her commitment to the school and the children here. And, you know, it's just a simple touch. But that's the first thing every single time I go in, all of them say, we get the letters and they love it. They absolutely love it and they remember it. And you do remember letters and gratitude that's expressed when it's heartfelt. I personally, I've still got, I would say I've got over 20 letters that I've kept over the years from my former students who on their last day have written me a letter and they're amazing for someone to take the time and effort to say thank you. And I can still remember, I can name all of those students to you now and I haven't um, and some of those I taught over 20 years ago. So it really does stay and it has a, such a lasting impact on people's perception and well-being and people's desire to pay that forward as well. So, uh, yeah, keep up the good work at TAP. I think it's uh, a much needed resource for schools and colleges and education settings in general. Yeah, because I, I would say gratitude is, in, is the uh, gift that keeps on giving. Uh, yeah. Start a cycle of, of gratitude by just saying thank you to someone. They'll, they'll act uh, kind in the future and they'll probably uh, pass that gratitude forward as well. I agree, yeah, wholeheartedly, yeah. Uh, and I, I, also with uh, the uh, school environment, um, gratitude really strengthens uh, relationships, whether they're between uh, teacher to teacher or teacher to student, uh, really sets a positive platform for, for a, a really um, stronger, more, more well-developed uh, working relationship, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. And, um, you know, you, you speak to any, any adults, you think back and you say, um, tell me, I bet you can remember some really good teachers that you've had. And when you think back to those good teachers, those are the ones that inspired you, infused you, but those are the ones who, who gave you the compliments and said, well done, I've recognised this and so on. And we still remember that. All adults remember those kind of things um because they're so integral in terms of our development so yeah absolutely i i agree it's uh it's a core part of of education it's about building relationships uh yeah and and moving forward into the future uh, and are there any other ways that we, that, that we can bring uh, uh gratitude to the forefront and uh, as we've been uh, trying to do already with with uh, tap yeah well i think we obviously the tap platform is is great because it gives people that opportunity to independently um leave a message or send a message or, or 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 pass that or express their gratitude um at will as it were regardless of needing to go and see someone face to face and so on i think actively um actively contacting parents members of the community and and making it a, a kind of not necessarily a formal process but making sure there is a regular opportunity for people to reflect back on what what do they really like about the school, the teachers? What do they really like about the, the lessons or their opportunities that they've been presented with in education settings? Because I find it all too easy. I'm going back to the inspectors again and the regimes, but it, it's all too easy to say, right, tell me what's wrong. Tell me why you don't feel safe. Tell me why you're, you're th this could or how this could be improved. But do we, re we rarely kind of formally 
set out to say, right, everybody, tell me what's really good here. Tell me what's really working well. Tell me what you're really grateful for. So I think we could, I think we could formalize that a little bit more, just like we do with the kind of inspection routines and regimes. We could formalize the positive side of it as well, because I think that is uh, an area that could be developed much more than it is right now. Yeah, because I, I, I think that people are generally grateful that they just, um, uh, especially in education, maybe, because if you go to the hospital or, or, or have a, an encounter with the social care sector, it's an emergency and you're saying thank you. But in, in education, uh, going to school is just part of something that happens every day. So people not, not forget to say thank you, but they just... Um, don't see the opportunities really but if we do create like the tap app and with what were you doing with the bright call consultancy do kind of formalize it or just remind people to, to be grateful as well as well as to complain absolutely yeah absolutely i agree and uh i think yeah i just think it's an area that, that could be much more developed for most settings so uh yeah i think all, all, all schools and colleges should have the opportunity to have the tap app and and uh, yeah, it's great to hear about how, how you're rolling it out as well. So I think that's great. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> one year's time, everybody will be using it. And just uh, if people can carry, uh, carry it around in their pocket, uh, people have always got five minutes during the day when you're having a coffee or something when you might want to say thank you to someone. Uh, and if you don't need to go any further than your phone, that, that makes it even easier, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, we're almost out of time, so time for uh, you to, uh, DJ Ollie, uh, what the DJ name is, <laughs> choose a song for us to play for listeners here. So, w- w- what song are we going to go for? Well, this was uh, this is a really difficult choice to be honest, because of my other life as a bit of a music DJ. So, um, I was trying to think about something that perhaps most people might not have heard, um, but also um, a song that really. Um, inspires and, and uplifts and so on so i've decided on a song i don't know whether you, you'll you'll know it or have heard it or not but um it's it's called um beautiful things by andane which is a-n-d-a-i-n i defy anyone to uh, to listen to that song and not think of not not feel uplifted and uh, think positively about things it's a beautiful beautiful song okay well uh, thank you ollie and here's beautiful things <laughs>